Welcome to the University Church of Christ podcast. Our guest today will be Cecil May. Okay, this is the first of several podcasts that we'll be doing uh, so that uh, anyone who wants to can download them and listen to uh, uh, what, we'll be, what we'll be talking about. My purpose in doing this is simply that I want to get the message of the cross and of God's grace and of the love of God out to as many people as I possibly can in as many ways as I possibly can. And this is simply another way of trying to accomplish that so that uh, people who want to listen to what I have to say about it can download it and hear it whenever they want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a very noble goal, I think. And, and really, that's kind of the overarching goal for us doing podcasts in general is to make sure that the gospel gets out there. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, last week about what my role is and what his role is. He has a very similar role to what I do, and he's in Huntsville. And he said that, you know, you know, what we do is about, you know, spreading the gospel. And I said, well, it's not necessarily directly spreading the gospel per se, but it's a conduit for the gospel. Yeah. A lot of our work is that. Right. And I... Uh... I have listened to other podcasts and been benefited and blessed from them, so I hope we can bless people by what we do here. I hope so as well. So uh, what kind of topics do you plan to talk about? Uh, well, I've thought, thought about several. I think we'll start next time with uh, uh, stereotypes uh, using the scriptures that the King James Version calls uh, God is no respecter of persons. Mm-hmm. And he says he's no respecter of persons in regard to race and nationality, no respecter of persons with regard to uh, social standing or with regard to economic standing, the poor the, or otherwise. And uh, uh, that, uh, that's one lesson I want to get across. It seems to me we often, if, if one person in that kind of category does this, we sort of assume all of them do that. And, and that's what stereotyping is, and uh, we we need not to do that. Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, uh, we want to talk about uh, uh, what ultimately saves. We ask the question sometimes about something like instrumental music. Is it a salvation issue? Well, there's no one sin or one thing we don't do that we should that's going to keep us out of heaven. Uh, there is no such thing as that person who is a perfect in every way except he does this, and therefore he'll be lost, or if he does that, therefore he'll be saved. The, the reality is that we are judged on the basis of our totality of our work. Uh, the Bible uses such phrases as walking in the light, walking not after the flesh but after the spirit, uh, walking in faith, being faithful. And uh, if our overall lifestyle uh, fits those categories, and our aim and heart truly is set to do that, even though we fail from time to time and make mistakes from time to time, that uh, we'll still be going to heaven in, in spite of our sins because God will be forgiving them or not taking record of it. That's kind of a tricky issue when it comes to you know what is and what isn't a salvation issue. The, the way I look at it is are we striving to be pleasing to God or not you know, exactly, to the best of our abilities? That's exactly right. Exactly, uh, yeah. Because a lot of times it seems like, well, if you just do this certain set of things right, then you're okay. But, yeah. you know, you, you can do these things wrong 
and that's okay. But really, it's about like you said, the totality of everything. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. and are we are we as a whole striving to be pleasing to God? And, and that that's exactly right. And we need to uh, uh, make make that our whole aim, so that our heart is truly set on on doing the will of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible uses the expression, "Have your mind set on things on heaven, in heaven rather than on earth." And and that that's what our desire is. And if it is, then even though we sin and make mistakes from time to time, they'll be forgiven. So, what other topics did you have in mind? Uh, let's see. Uh, there's a prophecy in Psalm 110, verse 1. The Lord said to my Lord, sit on my right hand till I make the enemies a footstool of your feet. Uh, that uh, is quoted several times in the New Testament with several different lessons. And one of them I think I'll do is a look at what the New Testament says about that passage in the Old Testament and how it interprets it and what lessons of Swiss says we should get from it. Okay. And uh, that, that's, an, to me, an interesting study and, and some things that are quite vital because God uses that to teach us some things. They use that Old Testament passage to teach us some very important New Testament lessons. Yeah, a lot of times we, we can tend to overlook the Old Testament, but that was one of the fundamental things about Jesus' ministry was he was constantly referencing back to uh, Old Testament Scripture. Yeah, that's right. When you talk about Scripture, that's the only Scripture he had. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we are, and we are reminded that uh, those things were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages are come. They're examples to us. We go to the Old Testament and learn what God is like, uh, what kind of thing pleases him and doesn't. We don't get our direct laws from there because that they're different. But We're under a different covenant. But but the principles of the Old Testament, the examples of the Old Testament, what God is like in the Old Testament is still very much true mm-hmm. for us today. It's still the same God, even though it's a different, different exactly. testament, different covenant. Yeah, the yeah. same God today, yesterday, and forever. So you're doing a, a book on Jesus in yeah, the Old I, Testament? I, I'm writing a book on Jesus in the Old Testament. Okay. Uh, and uh, looking at Old Testament passages that are quoted in the New Testament and see how they're used. That's, that Psalm 110 I was just talking about is one example of that, but there are many examples of Old Testament passages that the New Testament interprets and makes use of. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly to me, uh, I started out not to do, not to do a refutation of anything, but the very looking at those passages in the Old Testament and seeing how they're applied in the New Testament ends up very often being a refutation of what's called premillennialism. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we'll, we see how those things work. Yeah, sometimes I've noticed with, with premillennialism that it's, it's not just about eschatology no. for, for people like that. Uh, that believe in premillennialism. It's it's about here and now for them and how they. It really shapes their worldview. It does. It, it affects the whole the way you look at the whole Bible, and it affects the po- their politics too. Yes, that's the right. way the, the way they're looking at what's happening in Israel right yeah, now indeed. is is fundamentally shaped by their views uh, based on premillennialism. Yes, so yes. so it's a lot more to me than just uh, eschatology. When you start getting into uh, that that belief system, it's it's uh, it's it's very deep. I, I've known people that believe in that, and they have just these, they've had these fears going on and, and what's happening and what's going to happen as a result of what's happening now, and yeah. and they feel like they, they know 
that the end of the world is coming imminently, which I guess in a sense it is, yeah. but they, they feel like, oh, here's the signs that Jesus talked about. They, they just kind of live with that, that right. fear, yeah. and uh, that it's just a result of that, that belief system. Yeah. yeah, and actually what the Bible says about that is there are no signs for the second coming of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be suddenly and without warning, just like the days of Noah uh, were. Mm-hmm. Uh, the premillennialists, uh, make the same mistake. The Jews of Jesus' day, no, wait, I said that wrong. The disciples of Jesus' day m- were looking for a physical kingdom with Jesus reigning actually from Jerusalem. And that's what premillennialists are still looking for. And Jesus came to st- establish an altogether, altogether different kind of kingdom than that. My kingdom, not of this world, he said. Uh, if it were, my servants would fight to keep me from keep this from happening, but my my kingdom is a spiritual kingdom, and actually his kingdom is the church, and we're in his kingdom. That's one thing I think people get so confused it about is. these days, yes. and, and they've, they've been confused about it ever since the Jews were looking for the Messiah. They were confused about it in Jesus' ministry because they expected him to be a, a militant king that would overthrow, overthrow the, the Roman government. Right. And, and even now, they, they want that physical kingdom. You know, there's a, a, a common uh, thing going on these days called uh, Christian nationalism. You may have heard of it. And people essentially want Christians to be in charge of everything, which is not as a whole a bad thing, but, uh, you know, they seem to look at the the Middle Ages and um, <laughs> the Crusades as sort of yeah. a good thing. Yeah. And um, and I think that that's another example of, of people just not getting the message that this is a spiritual kingdom. He, Jesus tells Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. Yeah. And I, I think people have been misunderstanding that for millennia, exactly. <laughs> essentially. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we have a tendency to think of God's kingdom in terms of human kingdoms. And uh, uh, specifically, Jesus said it's not that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a, a promise of a spiritual kingdom of which we are part. God has translated us out of the powers of darkness into the kingdom of his dear love, dear son. We are now in his kingdom. And uh, it's not a kingdom that's a rival to Caesar, but it's a kingdom that uh, puts us like, uh, like we're aliens in this world, like we've been sent to this world uh, as an ambassador. Uh, we've got a mission to do here, but it's not our world. Probably the most common way to look at it would be we're almost more like the exiles in, in uh, Babylonian captivity. We're, yeah. we're citizens of another nation in a place that we don't belong. That's right. And it, it's kind of the same concept. Yes. And um, I think people want to make us the ones in charge, and we, we can have the ones with the bully pulpit, and we can be the ones that, that make the laws and tell other people what to do. And, and really, to me, that's reminiscent of what Islam wants to achieve. Yeah. I think according to the Quran. So um, I, to me, that's just not the direction that we need to go in as no, Christians. No. We need to be focused on the spiritual yeah, kingdom. Right. God has not given us the mandate to make non-Christians do what's right. Mm-hmm. 
uh, he has given us the mandate to preach the gospel of God's love. Exactly. And, and, and make them want to do what's right. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the hardest part about it is not necessarily forcing people to do what's right, mm-hmm. but convincing them to want to do what's yeah, right. That's, that's the hardest part, it, and that's it, what the gospel is designed for. Exactly. God has ordained three institutions for man's good. Uh, the first and most basic one is the family. Mm-hmm. And the husband is to be the head of the wife. Wife is to submit to her husband and respect her husband. Uh, children are to obey the, the parents and the Lord. And uh, uh, the, the uh, husband and wife are to uh, love one another and, and basically submit to one another. That, that's the family relationship that's at the basis of everything. And then he ordained uh, civil government. Uh, he did not pick who was going to lead the civil government. <laughs> he didn't pick Hitler. <laughs> no. Uh, but he did pick the idea that there is supposed to be secular rulers, and uh, they they have God's blessing to do what they do. Now you mentioned that recently in one of your classes, right? You just dis- you discussed those those institutions, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Was it a, was it a class or was it a was it a Sunday night or something? Sunday Wednesday night. night that's what Wednesday it was. Night, yeah. Because I remember you talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. And that becomes a an, an important issue because these government is ordained to reward good things and to punish evildoers mm-hmm. and specifically uh, does not take the sword in vain. In other mm-hmm. words, it, that gives government the right to capital punishment uh, for in, in God's uh, place to take vengeance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, that, But we have to recognize that government sometimes don't do what God put them in place to do. And even when, when Paul wrote that in Romans, I think that was under Nero, if That's I'm not exactly mistaken. That's right. Who was the craziest emperor. Yeah, one of the worst of all time. Yeah, yeah right. So, uh, and, and specifically, if it comes to a point where God tells us to do something and the government tells us to do something different or not to do it, we're to obey God rather than man. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's specifically stated in that kind of instance. Which is one of the only opportunities I would say a Christian has for civil disobedience is, right. is whenever what the state mandates conflicts with That's what right. we know in Scripture. And that was said in a context in which God had said, go preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. And these, you know, the state was saying, I'm not allowing you to preach. I'm not allowing you. Don't, don't, don't say anything about the gospel. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we must obey God rather than man. Yeah. And then the third institution that God has given is the church. Mm-hmm. And uh, the church also has a structure. Uh, there are elders that uh, in each church, plurality of men who uh, uh, give direction to the church and the, the members are to follow uh, with their heart. And uh, uh, so when we, uh, in the family, listen to what the government says that's right, and then are part of the church, do what God says first of all, and then uh, uh, in, in within that context also to uh, uh, obey the uh, spiritual leaders of the church. Then, then we have the structure that God has given to life. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so that'll make a good podcast too. I think so. <laughs> I definitely think so. Yeah. 
Uh, were there any other topics you had in mind? Or I mean, that's a pretty good list right there to it start is, with. And I, I can come up with some more right now. I'm not thinking of another one. Well, that's fine. But, that's uh, fine. Those are some of the things we'll be doing in the future. Well, thanks for sharing those thoughts with us. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to the first podcast from the University Church of Christ. We hope you'll join us next time. Mm-hmm.